Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today and so excited that y'all are loving this NES Summer 2019 as much as I am. It's been so fun, so interesting, right, to hear all the different conversations. Hey, the music in the background is the Enneagram 5 song from our friend Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. Please make sure you go and read the lyrics to this one. Listen to the whole thing. It's really beautiful. Ryan has done an incredible job of capturing the heart and motivations and and the words that that each number needs in his song for each number. So make sure you go listen to the five song. And today on the show is two of my very favorite fives. You guys, it took a lot of work to find two fives in my life who are willing to come into the office and sit and chat. But I'm so grateful that Emily and Goose decided to join us. If you are not a five, this convert, and as I am not, very much not, I learned so much from hearing them and listening to them and learning from them. So I hope whether you are a five or whether you just love some fives like I do, that you will enjoy this conversation with our Enneagram Fives, Emily and Goose. All right, friends, we are back talking about our Enneagram Fives with Beth McCord. Beth, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Hey, you guys. You can find her at Your Enneagram Coach on Instagram, yourenneagramcoach.com. And your new book, Becoming Us, comes out in October. October 1st. I can't wait. Um, okay, listen, let's talk about fives. Beth, I could not find fives in Nashville. They're really hard to find. Yes. Well, because that's part of being a five. Okay. <laughs> tell us, give us an overview of fives. Yeah. So fives, um, they fear being um, obligated, intruded, invaded. Let's see. They fear being completely depleted of their energy and resources inside and being incompetent and unknowledgeable. So what they really desire is to be competent, knowledgeable, and capable. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to find for them is, and I'll kind of say this in two two ways. So okay. their core weakness or passion is avarice. And avarice usually- I don't know that word. Yeah. yeah it's a kind of like a, a, a weird word. And in English, it really talks about greedy with money. And that's not really what we're talking about with the fives. They're greedy with their internal resources. And mm. how you can think about them is like being a cell phone. You know how like when you first get it- I love this. I think about this all the time with you. You teaching me this about fives. Yeah. So like you being mm-hmm. an extrovert seven. Yes. You- Some would say. Yes. When you're with- <laughs> people, it's like you have like one of those Mophie cases on and uh-huh. you are with someone like you just hit that power button and it's like surge, you yep. know, uh, fives, they don't have that. So for them, they're like one of the um, cell phone batteries where the battery isn't really going to full strength. Mm-hmm. So they'll wake up in the morning and they have like 20, 25% for the whole day. So they have to ration out their day. They have to know exactly, or they think they want to know exactly what's going to happen. Their meetings and interactions with people because people deplete them. Now that doesn't mean they're not people people. Oh, they're so lovely. Yeah. yeah they're I, so I, lovely. My fives I really like. But if you only have 20%, you <laughs> yeah. really got to think through how are you going to mm-hmm. use that. And it's not better to have 100% versus 20%. That's not what you're saying. I'm like, not saying that at all. Sevens aren't better than fives. We just start the day with different needs. Exactly. Yeah. Now, to those that are big extroverts, they might perceive that as bad. Mm-hmm. But I think once they understand how they come to the table, to come to the day with only so many resources, they'll actually be really astounded by how much they get done with yeah. such little resources. Yeah. So that's where avarice really comes from. And so what you'll see is they have strong boundaries um, because they only have so much, you know, internal resources. They don't want you to like just walk into their office and or their space and intrude on them. It's better to give them a heads up. You're like, uh-huh. you know, hey, I want to talk to you in like 15 minutes or an hour from now. Yeah. It gives them time to finish what they're doing and then to shift their brain. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people out there that are adaptable, 
that's like, wait, what? Why do I have to do that? But because it drains them so much. So think about it, if you only had 3% left on your phone and you had like four hours left in the day and I said, hey, let's live stream something. You're like, no. Like, yeah, 0%. <laughs> like, no, we cannot do that. I need my phone to right. get home. And so we just need to recognize that those strong boundaries or needing a lot of time alone is not because they're against people. It's because of what they actually need. They need to go mm. plug back in. Mm. So just having that understanding, what they long to know is that your needs are not a problem. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why that's a big deal is because all of these needs inside them feel like big boulders. And so why would I hand you a boulder and ask you to help me? So what they would love to know is, no, your needs are not a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, on you know, for us as humans, they might be hard. I don't know. You know, it depends on what their needs are. But for God, those needs are never a problem. Yeah. And so they can come to him and literally, you know, take off their yoke. That's right. That's what his. Jesus said. Exactly. Right. Oh, so. I love it. Uh, tell me the gift that fives are to the world, because I've experienced real gifts yes. from the, a couple of fives. They're the observers of the world. They yeah. love to take concepts or ideas and break them down into small parts mm -hmm. and then build it back together again. And they can do it in a totally different mindset. Like they can create things that never existed yeah. because they know how things work and they can compartmentalize them in their mind. So their minds are vast with knowledge and insight across the board. Like they're mm -hmm. going to know little of everything. And then they usually specialize in one thing, maybe a couple things and they deep dive. But if you want to know about something, just go ask a five about it. And right. they either will know something about it or they'll tell you. They where. will figure it out. Yes. That's exactly right. They will tell to come back in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what should we expect in this conversation? Yeah. You know, it's going to be really interesting between two fives. Um, and it'll be interesting to hear from you later how yeah. the interplay was because they can be quiet people. Now, not all fives are quiet, but the interplay between the two of them could be, yeah, it, it, they're very reserved mm -hmm. and they're going to wonder, are they giving enough knowledge, the right knowledge? Um, are they being capable and competent mm -hmm. in the moment? And so what you're going to find, because you're not giving them the questions ahead of time. We did. We, we gave everybody else the questions, just the ones because they were first. Okay. And so they just didn't get them because I didn't Poor have ones. them. I know. They were like, of all the people, could you not have started with the sevens? So the fives have gotten the questions okay. ahead of time. So what you'll probably find is um, they're kind of reluctant, mm -hmm. but you did give them the questions ahead of time. Yes. So they probably thought through them, and but you're still going to find, at least for you on, on the side of the microphone, a lot of pausing and thinking because mm -hmm. they don't want to say something that's inaccurate or mm -hmm. uh, doesn't make them look knowledgeable. You know, I mean, think about it. If you have a card catalog with a lot of things in there, it takes time to look through everything. Yeah. So they're kind of thinking and, and looking in their mind for all the answers. Mm -hmm. Now, they probably prepared some, but knowing you, you might throw in a little... I know. A little surprise here and there. The guy, Goose, Goose said to me, I said, you don't have to do any research, Goose. Just come and talk about you. And he said, yeah, right. Yeah, and right. I was like, oh, yeah, you're a five. You have to investigate. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to hear the pauses and the thought process. And not yeah. that that's a wrong or bad thing. That's just how right. they operate. That's right. Just the wheels turning inside. Yeah. All right. Here is our conversation with our reluctant but very lovely Enneagram Fives, Emily and Goose. Okay, so let's start Enneagram 5 is by introducing yourself. So just say your name, say your type, married, single. Look, tell us a little bit about your life. Oh, gosh. Um, this is the hardest question. Okay. I, I don't like talking about myself. Is that a five thing that you just... I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. So um, my name is Emily. I'm married. My husband's name is Phil, and we have four kids. We've been married almost 16 years, and I have a 10-year-old boy a seven-year-old boy, a four-year-old girl, and a two-year-old boy. And, and, a, and a new parakeet or something. It's I think it is a parakeet that someone <laughs> gave to us. 
it's one of the beauties of living on the church property. Yeah, it's just. Sometimes. And you are church planters. We, we are church planters. Our yeah. church uh, is about five years old. We're actually celebrating our five-year anniversary on June 9th, yeah. which I don't know when this, this will is, play. This is right then, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a wonderful church called The Square in Smyrna, Georgia. Yeah, very good. Um, who are you, sir? Um, I'm Goose. You said first names. That's not technically my first name, but... But that's um, what everybody calls you. If it's not my parents or really old friends, that's what people know me Your as. Your parents so. don't call you Goose? No, strangely enough, no. Oh. Um, how did you get? Because it's a version of your last name. Yeah. 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 Okay. So did uh, they call you that in school? Sorry, Goose. I'm already doing to you what I swore no, I wouldn't. No, you're fine. So it, in college, yes, not not before college, but okay. in college, yes, and then it kind of kept going from there. Okay. So I think last name nicknames are the best kind. Right. Like they just you're like you don't like you just who you are. You're Goose. Yeah. You just it's, <laughs> you I just like are them. the Goose. Yeah. Goose. What do you do for your job? I'm in um, live production, so do kind of the technical systems for like video and lighting and things like that. So yeah. Is that what you studied at college? No, not at all. I mean, I went to school for, I graduated in accounting. And, really? And now I'm doing this, and it's nothing at all like it. So I'm going to learn so much about you today, buddy. Yeah. You have an accounting degree? Yeah, I have an accounting degree and an MBA. Goose, you have an MBA? Yep. And most of that's not getting used right now. So And you know. nobody knows. No. Wow, Emily, do you secretly have an MBA? I do not actually. <laughs> I'm a pretty standard. I got, I have a um, degree in biblical studies, so yeah, I am go. doing what There's I. There's nothing do. standard about that, though. That's good. Oh. Okay, so let's start here. Tell me how you found out your Enneagram number. Uh, we were at a staff retreat for our church, and yeah. um, Phil, my husband's a lead pastor, and he asked all of the staff to take an Enneagram test. So we took it. And I took it three times because it kept saying five. And then I would read the five, and I didn't really feel like it resonated with me. So anyways, we got into the meeting. Our friend Mitch, who was training to be an Enneagram coach, was kind of going through all of the numbers saying, this is how we can interact with each other. This is what's helpful. This is what's harmful. And this was about four years ago. I just said, Mitch, I don't feel like I'm really a five. And we talked a little bit. So at the end... He had prayed for us all and had gotten kind of a prophetic encouragement for us. And so he was going around to each person. Which kind of means he was praying and, and what he sensed from God, like what he would think of something specific for you and then share that with right. you to encourage in, you. In regards to our Enneagram number yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. So he got around and this whole time I'd been like, this isn't me. I'm not a five. I don't know what I am, but I'm not this. And he looked at me and he said, Emily, you're not going to run out of time. And I lost it. I just started crying. I'm yeah. like, Okay. That's it. I mean, and, and and again, like Goose, we I don't know if everything is exact. I'm not a textbook five, but him saying that hit something I didn't even know I had. Like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna run out of time, and and that's how I knew it that I was that. Yeah. Okay, Goose. When you started hearing about it, what made you connect with being a five? I mean, honestly, I I I don't think I really did. So, you know, my my first exposure to the Enneagram was a little bit rough and that somebody had, you know, had me describe myself to them and then asked me if I had taken the test on the app, which, which I had done. And then them agreeing with what the app said. I'm like, well, it's, that's not very predictive of, you know, it's, you, you can't just agree with it and that be, you know, it's like, oh, you're an expert now. Yeah. Um, so like th th that was kind of rough. And, and ever since then, I never really paid that much attention, but the, the, the way that I've been kind of typed out as a five is, that's kind of the general consensus with everybody that mm -hmm. I'm around. Like everyone's like, no, you're a five. Now I've had people say, oh, you're a five wing six. 
I've had one person tell me you're five wing four. I mean, I've had tests tell me that I'm a one or a five or a six. So, you know, there, there's a lot of kind of like variation in there, but like the, the general consensus amongst like all my friends and coworkers and whatnot is that I'm a five. Um, but it's not something I really ever discovered on my own. Emily, I, Goose and I have had this conversation repeatedly <laughs> recently because finding Enneagram fives was the hardest of this whole thing. There just aren't a lot of you in this town. And Goose <laughs> particularly does not like the Enneagram. Goose, why don't you like it? I mean, I think a lot of times it puts people into a box. And especially the way that it gets used, it's like, you know, oh, you're this number. So that means this and this and this and this about you. And it's like, it's not really always accurate. Like sometimes like, you know, I may have a lot of things that aren't five-ish about me. Or a lot of times there's things about other numbers, you know, that I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that that really describes me. Mm. I mean, I, I was telling you a little bit ago about that, that game that I play where yeah. I'm like, like if something comes up about me that's indicative of a num- another number or even of a five, like the, the game that I've gotten to, you know, start playing with all the people that I work with who are like super into the Enneagram is I'll just call out that number and say, oh, that's my whatever. So like, you know, if I've, if I'm dealing with like a lot of FOMO, which I have really bad FOMO, uh-huh. which um, is like a seven thing, I'll be like, oh, that's just my seven. <laughs> my seven or, is coming out. Yeah. Or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it, it feels like it, it, a lot of times it seems like it prevents people from seeing characteristics of you that aren't associated with your number. Oh, mm. interesting. That's a really good point. It prevents people from seeing characteristics in you that are not necessarily your number. That's pretty profound, Goose. I bet a lot of people feel limited by the Enneagram because of that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think, well, limited by others, but also self-limited. I'm sure you've talked about this before, but just the idea of, like, this is who I am, therefore mm-hmm. I am going to react like that. Instead of seeing it as um, a tool, just to seeing it as yeah. almost... A, a label and then yeah. that's all that all yeah. you are to yourself right but I do think it's hard to find fives because of both of those things it's one they don't like it so much so they're not going to talk about it and two part of being a five is like you're just self-promotion is not oh not yeah I mean strength. both of you neither of you were like Jones in to do this <laughs> I had to like really be my best Annie to ask you but I mean Goose literally went you know, I'll do it if you ask me to. I mean, that is about, and that's, mm-hmm. a, and that is the genuinely goose being so giving right now, even doing this. Yeah. I recognize that, that you are being very giving by doing this to us, for us, to us. <laughs> and same to you, Emily. So is it, it's that you don't like self-promotion uh, yeah. or being the center of attention? I don't mind being the center of attention, honestly, if someone else is promoting me, but I have a very hard I mean, I just won't. I mean, I don't think I could ever start a business. Like, even yeah. advertising. My sister, Jenny, is a great businesswoman, and she is a doula. So she started, and she has posts about what she does and even business cards. And to me, yeah. I'm like, oh, that feels like I would be talking about myself so mm-hmm. much and yeah. why you should want me. And it's just totally countercultural to anything that my my soul wants to do. But I, I don't mind being the center of attention if – other people, you know, I don't mind public yeah. speaking or yeah. You speak up sometimes, like in meetings and stuff. I mean, for meetings and stuff when it's when it's needed, yeah. But but I mean, I would I would definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, I, I definitely do not, you know, like the self promotion aspect of it. And for me personally, I don't like being the center of attention. Like, I'll speak when I need to, but 
you know, like I don't like people pointing at me or or, or pointing me out and and you know acknowledging I've ruined your life in this. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you know, in in like one on one or you know yeah. very small group interaction, absolutely, that's totally fine. But but it's like in larger things, I'm like I don't, you know, like you know, some people like, and, and this isn't a bad thing, but some people really like, you know, when they do something to be, you know. Uh, recognized for it, uh, you know, and just, you know, a lot of like acknowledgement and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but, but for me, I'm like, I would like the, the acknowledgement that, yeah, something has happened and then stop, you know, just don't, mm. don't, don't keep focusing on me because like, I'm not trying to be at that center of attention. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me. I'll go to both of you for this. So we'll start with you, Emily. So tell me what a five is afraid of. Cause that sounds like, sounds like we're going there. Like, what is it a five that really what are some fears that come up for fives that you've experienced? Oh, man. I don't know if this is the answer that it's, it's going to be textbook. I, I find that one of the things about being a five that I didn't resonate with was the core fear, which is oh, interesting because yeah. you're like, well, that's what makes an Enneagram is your motivation. But the core fear of being depleted. Yeah. Right. How right. Beth McCord You start says, with like 20% depletion, battery. Yeah. Right. I actually... Don't live in fear of that. I'm very aware of when it has happened. Okay. And that's kind of a, a different conversation about just what Jesus has done with me through the Enneagram. But I don't really live in fear of being depleted. I think, and honestly, this might not even make it on the podcast because it's nothing to do with the Enneagram, but my biggest oh, fear is losing my children uh-huh. and the idea that our core family would be broken apart by a death. I mean, I really think right. anything mm-hmm. else, I'm, I bring it on, but just the idea of either one of my kids dying uh-huh. or me and Phil dying and they wouldn't have them. And I, I feel like it's almost a selfish answer. If my child no, died, no. they would be in the better place and I don't want to suffer through it or my other kids to suffer through it. But that is the biggest fear I've had since becoming a mother to the point of talking to with my counselor sure, and her being sure. like, why are you so afraid the shoe's about to drop? Like, why are you so afraid that like mm. one day something catastrophic is going to happen to you? So maybe there is something about a catastrophic. I mean, maybe of what it would cost you, of like how would you wouldn't recover. Oh. Like maybe that's it. Maybe it feels like that. If that happened, would be I would impossible. never yes make up for it. But yeah, from. that's it. Hmm. And sharks. Right. <laughs> it's very fair. But you're fine with geese. Geese are luckily, fine. Really. Luckily, because you're sitting by one. Close. Um, Goose, close. what about you? What I mean, does that core... I mean, I was watching your face. You resonate with what Emily was saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. On some of it. Obviously, like the, the family aspects right. of it, I, I, don't, I don't have. Um, the, the thing I was wondering, and this will go completely against my... I'm against the Enneagram thing. Yeah, but But I, I was saying, like, like, when you were saying that, I don't, I don't know, like, what wing you are on that, like... You know, I know a lot of times the five wing six. Yeah. Like, and and from what you know, all the people I know talk about, like the the six. It sounds like that is a lot of like six ish, yeah. like nature about the. You're right, Goose. Yeah. Well so, done, you. Yeah. <laughs> Goose is showing up as the as the any a pro. Okay. <laughs> but but I mean that that that's what I was kind of recognizing there because like I I do have a lot of that. If I'm if I'm to you know buy in on mm-hmm. Enneagram stuff like like I feel like I, I have a lot of the, the wing six as well mm-hmm. in the the constantly like you know looking out for you know what's going to go wrong what's going to happen oh, yeah. or whatever um, so like I, that when you were talking about like the kids like I definitely get that like but when I was when I was making my notes about like what I'm afraid of like the which I do want people to realize that you I need to just theater of the minds goose showed up with his iPad 
with hand handwritten notes for every question that we sent. And Emily has them on her phone. So not every number has done this. So I just think it's interesting for people to realize y'all like took notes. Mm-hmm. And I got an iPad Pro for Christmas and it's the best thing in my life. Did it change your world? I mean, like, yeah, be, being able to like handwrite notes, but mm-hmm. on, on the yes. iPad is very nice. Love yeah. it. Wow, okay. Okay, keep going. Sorry, Goose. Read us your notes. Um, so... I mean, I, I had down, that, you know, a lot of my big fears have to do with like being misunderstood or or what I say not being worth being heard um, and then letting people down and not being able to do, you know, what is actually needed of me. Mm. So, yeah. So, so it still is that depletion conversation, right? Where you feel like you start with not enough and that you're never going to be enough for mm, people. Yeah. Y'all, neither of y'all are going to like this question. But I would be interested to know, like, what are you most proud of in your fiveness? Like, what what do you feel like you offer the world? I know Emily's Emily already scratched her nose and was like, "No thanks." But tell me, Em, what do you? I mean, I can tell you what you offer the world, but you tell me what you offer the world. Yeah, when I when I was thinking about this answer, I wrote personally and then just left it blank and under that I said around me my husband my kids my church like I'm so proud of so many things right. but I knew you were going to ask about me actually you you know one thing and I'm sure the listeners know but just to reiterate that this comes from a place of humility anytime I talk about something I'm proud of myself I'm so aware that people might think it's coming off as pride so mm-hmm. this is coming as a place of a lot of work and a lot of repentance and a lot of chiseling away by Jesus of my personality. But I, I am whoa, whoa, chiseling away by, of your personality. Oh, maybe not personality, but <sighs> tendency sin. I mean, I guess. Sure. Do other people assume your personality is mostly your sin coming out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Jeez, think so. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> if I can have no personality by the end of my life, I will I've be really I've sanctified myself. It. Yeah. Um, so you bring us this answer after we all recognize that you have done the work to yes. show up humbly. I, I hope so. And I think yeah. that I'm, I am proud of my integrity. Mm. I think integrity is something I love that, that I have never wanted to sway on. And I've never thought it was when the gospel's on the line, losing my integrity over something has never been worth the cost to mm. me. And again, it's a lot of things that Jesus has to keep bringing up. I think at any point when there's nothing Jesus is working on me, that's a signpost to me that I'm not pressing into something. Like, Ah. it's not as though I ever reach a place, but if there's something in my heart or something in my actions that he's working on, and I feel like he's healed it or I've conquered it or at least been able to control and died to that part of my flesh. Like, I hope at my next quiet time, he brings the next thing. Oh my gosh, we're so different. Because there's I'm like, something we else. It. We got this. <laughs> there's something else. <laughs> I thought we were done. Yes, exactly. Emily, that's hilarious. And I love counseling. I mean, I yeah. love it. I'm like, tell me, tell me what from my childhood make me like this. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. want to keep seeing my imperfections so I can keep working on them with Jesus. And so that's so funny. You sit down in counseling and go, tell me what I need to do better. And I sit down in counseling and go, tell me what I'm doing right. Oh yeah. Tell me how this is going. Well. Imagine doing counseling with Phil. My husband right, is a seven. seven. Oh, yeah. Heavens. <laughs> um so I think my integrity is something I've never wanted to put on the line. And I just I am proud to sit I, I hope at any moment if someone could go in my head and see my thoughts. Yeah. That I would be exactly who they think I am. Mm. 
at any time. That is, I think that's true of you. Thank Goose, you. what makes you proud about your fiveness or how you are experienced in the world? I mean, I can give an answer too for you, but you go first. <laughs> I mean, I'd kind of be interested to see what you say. About okay. It. But like, kind of like, like you alluded to when you asked the question initially and, and you started with like, like, I don't, this is not something that I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want to talk about what I'm proud right. of. Like, <laughs> like when I look at my notes, like it's bookended by. Proud in quotes. Yeah. Like I, my, my first. Don't like being proud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like my first note is I don't like being proud of things. And my, my last one is sounds braggy. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, I just like that. That's the bookends to my notes on that. Cause yeah. that, that's how I feel about yeah. the question. I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. Um, and then, and then when I actually do answer it there, like I, I said, if I have to pick, mm-hmm. um, just cause it's like, like, that's just how much I'm like, I just don't, it mm-hmm. goes back to that. You know, I don't like being the center of attention. And the, mm-hmm. the more I talk about, Oh, I'm proud of this. It's like, it feels like it just pushes me closer to that. Uh, okay. Um, but like, I mean, I, I feel like the, what I have on that, it's not nearly as like, you know, I guess profound as, as some of what you were saying, but like. Yeah, I, I say that if if I have to pick um, things re- things related to like my mind, like my yeah. my ability to understand things and and remember and figure things out, yes. you know, kind of get in and uh, get the you solve problems. Yeah, get to the underlying like understanding of oh, this is how this works, um, and and a lot of that has to do with you know once I understand how something works, then I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like I can react to it more on gut instinct than having to stop and think through the problem. Oh, wow. um, so, so my ability to do that is something like I, I, I would say I'm, if I have to pick something I'm proud of. And then also just like my, my like loyalty and willingness to you know, help my friends and things yeah. like that. Like that is something I, I, I if I don't want to say take pride in, but, but for the. Something people love you for. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's true. Emily, I would say something that I do see your integrity as something that leads. And you you don't even make us do that as your friends and people you love, but you call us to that. Like I feel called to to align, make sure I'm aligned with myself and with the Lord in friendship with you. And Goose, I would say that and what something someone said behind your back today is <laughs> uh, the other night a bunch of people went to the movies and Goose was the person looking for everyone else to make sure everybody was together. And so you are super loyal to your friends and you are the problem solver. When something is broken, I want goose to solve it. Like if I think something's going wrong, I, it, you know, on a Sunday morning, I am looking for goose mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, goose will fix it. He knows how to fix it or he will figure it out quickly. And so, um, y'all both, and both of your, I think it's your, f- amongst the other things about you, your fiveness of like, I know you've investigated and researched and gotten here. And so I have not done that as a seven. I've just flown in and I just want you to tell me the answers and I'm going to fly out. (laughs) You know, what's interesting though, even listening to Goose talk and like, I want my purest motivation to be being like Jesus. But when he said, I want to solve problems so I don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah. My motivation for integrity in my youth was because it's easier. It's Mm. easier not to lie. It's Mm -hmm. easier not to get drunk. It's easier not to get caught in situations. Like it made my life easier Mm -hmm. to be have integrity and mm. like you know of course it swung pharisaical at times in my life and i'm i'm trusting jesus you know is always working that out of me but but my motivation for integrity and like his motivation for problem solving might not always be so altruistic sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like oh it costs It'll me be less so much, mm-hmm. oh, it costs, costs me, less me less to submit to authority it costs me less to follow the rules that when he said that i thought oh yeah I mean, that is 
part part of in my journey. It just yeah. costs me less yeah. to do the right yeah, thing. Do you feel that? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like everything you said, like I completely agree with. Like that's it's oftentimes so much easier to just just go with it and I'm like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It makes it easier. Now I don't have to worry about it's like if you know if I'm if I'm if I tell people lies every once in a while, now I have to remember all oh. of that. And it's just cool. it's just a drain. Just a drain. Man, that's so interesting. So so many of y'all's decisions come off of if we if Jesus is your first I, I know that for both of you that Jesus is the first reason you do things, but the second reason is what will cost me the least emotionally or yeah. relationally mm. or time wise. Absolutely. So I'd rather sit here and think about this problem for 30 minutes and then go solve it in three than tingle tangle around with it for an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or solve it wrong. For eight times, you know, like yeah. do it right. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So when you were little, sorry, Goose, this is a, not a question that was <laughs> pre-planned. When you were little and you played with Legos, mm-hmm. did you play with Legos? Yeah. Would you read? Would you follow the rules on the package, or would you build whatever you wanted? I mean, typically, I would. I would at least start with following the plan that they have. Eventually, it's like, okay, I've done this for a while, and tear, tear it apart and build something random. Okay. But like, if I got if I got a pack. First thing I do, go through the instructions, build what it shows, build every step and follow them down to the letter. You know, it's, it's the same thing with like, you know, play a new board game, whatever like mm-hmm. that. And I'm going to read the entire read instruction the, manual. Really? The whole thing? Yeah. Emily, same? Same. And when, how about when people do uh, Google Maps or MapQuest or something, do you have to see the whole directions before you start? Like I have to see, don't tell me, oh, in five miles we're turning right. I want to know exactly all eight <laughs> steps. So, because sometimes you turn right and then right away you turn left. And, mm-hmm. it, and they didn't tell you They that. didn't tell you. Yep. Oh, I hate it. And I, it's wasted time. I would rather have a paper map often than <laughs> an electronic wow. map. That is amazing. So y'all would get a box of Legos or a new toy or a new game. And you're not like ripping them open and playing with them. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that first. I'm going to read the manual and make mm-hmm. sure. And did you save the extra pieces? You know how Legos always send you a few extra pieces just in case you <laughs> lose them? We've like, I would always just save. I mean, I say always. I do yeah. this with my kids right Still, now. Yeah, I yeah, save yeah, yeah. them and I write it on a little bag like, this is for this one in case <sighs> they lose it. And they have 8 million Legos in one yes. bin. It doesn't yes. matter. But, but just, you, in just in case. case. Just in case. They want to rebuild the X-Wing. I have that <laughs> red light that goes yeah. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got it in a baggie. And I know labeled. where it is. Wow. Do you keep all the instructions for I all their... I do. And, yeah, it, and wow. I know they're online somewhere and I could find it, but I don't I don't know which number Lego it is. So yeah, I have a box of the instructions. My kids have never in 10 years asked yeah. for one, but I have one. But for both of you, which I think is so interesting because this is what makes the Enneagram such a good tool to me, is that there may be half the numbers who would say, who would read the instructions first, mm-hmm. but your motivation behind reading the instructions first is to conserve energy, time, effort, to understand before you enter into something so that you enter into it correctly. Yeah. 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 Okay, so tell me, fill in this blank. I think you both if you both have this blank to fill in, nothing is worse to me than when I feel what? I feel like we could do like one, two, three, go. <laughs> Say <laughs> the same, the same thing. thing. For me, it's um, feeling obligated to someone or being imposed upon mm. like yeah. instantly. That was, yeah. that was an easy answer. Yeah. And okay. There's a lot that goes into that, especially as a pastor, but like right. I know that I, I have a visceral reaction when I feel imposed upon by people. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, when it feels like people are expecting 
or or pressuring or advancing for something I either don't have or don't want to give them. I will give a lot. Yeah. But as soon as I'm done, mm-hmm. the next person in line who asks gets the yeah. like fire eyes, Emily. You <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. And hopefully it's not Phil, but sometimes it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goose is unmarried and I always want to set him up, but I always give him like a two week. I'm always like, Goose, oh. I'm just going to say this name to you and then I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And you just, I'm, there's no pressure. She does not know. I'm just inserting a name into your mm-hmm. brain and then I'm going to move away slowly because I don't, <laughs> because I know that when y'all feel what and a seven would think is enthusiasm, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of times five feel as attack. Yeah. Does that feel true? Um, <laughs> I get so excited. Aggressive, maybe. Aggressive. Maybe not an attack yeah, so yeah. much, but just, I mean, even, I mean, when I'm at a very unhealthy place mm-hmm. and even someone comes up and goes, hey, can I pray for you for something? I'm like, I didn't ask you to, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. accept it because it's prayer. But then I just think, what are they seeing about me? What do they think I'm, like, they mm. are judging something about the mm. way I'm acting and they think that they somehow wow. have authority to fix it. Oh, it's, it can get nasty wow. That's in here. fascinating. Okay, Goose. Well, nothing is worse to me than when I feel. Well, so so I have I have the answers that I had written down, but when you were saying that, like I, I thought of a couple other things that are like, okay. like and a lot of Goose is like just, I have a long list of things that are the worst when <laughs> I feel this. No, but like like a lot of the things you're talking about, like feeling imposed upon, like like I, I definitely get that and I hadn't written that down, but but I I definitely feel that a lot too. Like it makes me think like um there's a place I go like when I go get new clothes or whatever that I go a lot of the time and for you know when you go shopping or whatever people are you know they're always trying to sell you something like they're, they're always because you know a lot of times they're working on a commission or whatever so they want to sell you something so they're always pushy but I had this one time when one guy figured me out and he would greet me when I came in and then he would leave me alone. And he told other people in the store to leave me alone too. Uh-huh. And what he figured out is, I'm going to buy more if you leave me alone. Let me figure it out myself. Oh, wow. And then I'll come to you when yeah, I need something. Yeah, wow. So, so that imposition of, hey, have you tried this? Have you done this? Like, I, it's mm-hmm. not, it, it typically shuts me down more mm-hmm. than anything else. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and likewise, like, I have this, um, it, it's kind of weird, like, whenever people tell me, to do something that's not really within their like, you know, like when, when, when I'm at work and someone, you know, like my boss or whatever tells me, hey, go do this. I'm like, okay, that's my responsibility. I'm supposed uh-huh, to do that. Uh-huh. But when people tell me to do something that's either not my responsibility or I'm like, that's equally your responsibility and they tell me oh. to do it, I'm like, I don't have a problem with doing it. I have a problem with being told to do it. Uh. So <laughs> like, you know, I, I can think back even like when I was in middle school, people like we were on a mission trip and a guy told me, hey, pick that up. I'm like, you were just as capable of picking that up. You pick it up. Right. <laughs> and then as soon as he was willing to, I'm like, all right, I'll pick it up now because yeah. it's not you telling me what I have to do. Right. So, Someone else was spending your energy yeah. that did not have the authority to spend your energy. Yeah. Interesting. So, what else is on your list? Um, so the things that are actually on my list, I just have you know, feeling uninformed or, or unimportant, especially when it's shown by other people's actions. Like, mm. like if, I, if I say something or do something and they act like it's, it's – like, why, why would you do that? There's no point in you doing that or saying that or whatever. Um, being unheard, um, a lot of my things are uns, um, mm, but yeah. unheard, um, one of the things I hate most in the world is being in the middle of a sentence and someone interrupting me. Oh, I'm it, terrible about that, guys. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Has that happened in your marriage? Yes, but I've learned to just, 
I will stop Phil. And I will okay. say, I let me finish my sentence. I, I'm over getting mad about it, yeah. but I I'm also stand up for myself. Yeah. And But in a group setting, if someone interrupts me, I'm done. You yeah. will not hear from me again in that conversation. Everyone's like, Annie, you keep interrupting Goose. Sorry, Goose. <laughs> I'll pay attention now. My sevenness, we interrupt out of excitement. But I'll control myself. So you hate being interrupted? Yeah. It's it's literally one of my biggest pet peeves. Um and oh, then um, and then and then just unrecognized, but also being over recognized. So it goes back to something I was saying earlier. I'm like, you know, it's like if I do something that's like, oh, you know, that's that's really good. One mention of it, that's great. It shows that, you know, what I did had value, but then it's not putting all the focus and attention on me. So I'm like, it's it's that recognition of the value without over recognition of me. I was so quiet that time. I just get excited. I want to ask you more questions. <laughs> I was uh, I was actually for a moment there. I was like, why is she not saying I'm, anything? Is why she, isn't she talking? I'm, I'm not like, used to this. <laughs> I'm not used to Annie being quiet when I'm talking. Goose, I just get excited and I want to respond to what you're saying. But I think, I mean, that's part of Emily. You've probably learned that with Phil is that in friendship, like Goose has never yelled at me for interrupting him. Mm-hmm. He always is very patient with me in our friendship. But I would imagine that 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 as that can that there are other numbers that get annoyed when sevens interrupt too. But we do it out of excitement. But y'all must have at this point talked through enough yeah. that you understand Phil's sevenness and he kind of understands your fiveness and yeah. yeah, yeah, we we do. I, I mean, and interestingly, I just think parenting almost supersedes. Are, oh, are tight. Really? You know, at some point at the end of the day, we're both just as tired and worn <laughs> out. Like his his enthusiasm has been curbed greatly by four screaming kids and my sure. emotions have been completely depleted. So we almost have to both psych ourselves up when we're around each other to just get back to like level. Like mm. level Phil wants to enjoy things. What can we do to enjoy it? And level Emily needs to have had alone time so she can fill up to enjoy it with Phil. I mean, that's one of the things that I fell in love with him was his enthusiasm. And he always wanted to do everything. And, you know, now we're older and we have kids. And so sometimes I will actually call that out of him. Like, babe, Mm. what can we do that sounds fun to you? Because I don't care. Like nothing sounds fun or not fun to me. I just want (laughs) to like do what you, and to pull that out and for him to be like, um, you know, you're, I can tell you're really, really depleted. I want, I want fun Emily back. The, the fun mm-hmm. Emily who enjoys doing the fun things that I mm-hmm. think up. Mm-hmm. You know, like our dynamic is really good when we're healthy and rested. But at this stage in our life, it is often, it's not like he's bouncing off the walls at, right. when he comes home from work. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Goose and Emily to tell you about our friends at Prep Dish. Prep Dish is my new secret weapon for healthy, stress-free meals. Prep Dish is a meal planning service. So every week you get an email with a grocery list and prep ahead instructions so all of your meals are ready for the week. No guesswork needed. And you'll do your chopping and mixing ahead of time, leaving you with like no decisions to be made at dinner time, which matters to me. If you have a crazy schedule because of people or life or whatever, this is such a time saver. You'll feel like a super mom or a super friend or a super person when you serve amazingly delicious meals like their smoky paprika chicken legs with a trio of roasted vegetables. I love roasted vegetables. Or a turkey and zucchini lasagna. 
the founder, our sweet friend, Allison, is offering you guys a free two-week trial just to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out prepdish.com slash Annie for this amazing deal. Prepdish also has gluten-free, paleo, and keto options too, so that any of you guys who eat that way specifically, they have meals for you as well. So again, go to prepdish.com slash Annie for your first two weeks for free. Now back to Goose and Emily. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with the Lord a little bit here, because I think that part is really interesting for fives, y'all. Research and learn and figure out so much. So tell me how knowing your number, identifying to some degree with your number, has benefited your spiritual life. You kind of alluded to this, Emily, so will you will you start there, and then we'll get Goose to answer. Yeah, I am. Um, we'll ask a Goose to answer. I prayed a lot about this answer because I, I just want something that I say to matter to someone out there, mm-hmm. you know? And I mm-hmm. think, like we said earlier, you don't hear from many fives. So no. I imagine there's some five women out there, possibly some five women pastors who are like, oh my gosh, how, am I the only one who's like this, who mm-hmm. feels this way and yet is in a life and ministry of just serving people all the time? And so I think that when I was younger, when Phil and I were in early days of ministry, I used to joke that I hated people. And it was cute, and people would laugh, like, oh, I'm not a pastor. I I actually hate people. And the Lord just convicted me when we started to plant this church, and he just said, I mean, he said, Emily, that is not cute anymore. Mm. Emily, you ain't cute, is what he said to me. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It's not cute to put silly, immature, childish language around rejecting the one thing I've asked you to do. Like, we are called to love God and to love others. Mm -hmm. And so if my entire life here for others is to love them, then it is just me not wanting to do the hard work of Mm -hmm. loving people Mm -hmm. that I would joke about that I just didn't like them. And that was before I found the Enneagram. So then when I found out, what I was, it brought so much clarity to why people exhausted me. Because I used to just be like, oh, well, I hate people. And right. so I'll do it as much as I can. But but to so I convicted first, right? Yeah. And then given a tool to understand why people make me so tired so that it's not about my calling or my ministry or my ability mm. or anything. It's just how I'm wired and to understand that. So that was the positive side on the flip side it's not a negative but it's a costly side is i think the enneagram number actually teaches us where we suffer and Mm. i believe that the gospel is moved forward through self-sacrificial suffering for other people yeah so once i knew my enneagram number i could say man what way do i suffer for people that's what I need to press into. And it's ah, different that's for how I'm everyone. part of the gospel moving forward. Yes. Wow. So as a five, me Good, suffering Emily. might be meeting four people for coffee in a day. Because I'm that's not That's a lot. Well, it is a lot. Because <laughs> it's not I'm not letting the fear of being depleted I- interrupt what I'm doing, but knowing that I might get depleted and still doing it anyways, which might not be a big deal for a seven, but for a seven who doesn't want to feel pain sitting with someone in their pain mm-hmm. costs you more. Mm-hmm. And it's going to bring more life in that person than if a two sat with them. But then, you know, or if a, a three promoting someone over themselves costs them more than it costs me. There's mm-hmm. something about knowing what our greatest cost is so we can pay it that actually 
gives life in the people we're ministering to. And so I think that was one of the biggest things about finding out I was a five. I was like, oh, this is what costs me. This is how I suffer. That's what I lean into. Mm. And that's what I need Jesus to do. It's not an excuse to pull away and never suffer because I'm a five. I can't be around people because I'm tired by them. No, I be around people because that's how my self-sacrificial love is bringing life in them. That's good. That is really good, Emily. Um, Goose, tell me about your spiritual life and what you know about God and your fiveness and what what that's been like. I mean, I mean, after that, I probably wouldn't have had anything good to say to begin with. But <gasps> no, 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 but, that's but, true. It's very different. She's a pastor. You well, you have a different job. But I mean, honestly, when when I was trying to prepare for that one, I'm like, I know enough about the enneagram to. Um, you know, to, to talk surface level about it and, and to, you know, be annoying about it when I want to be. Um, but because I don't like, I haven't read a lot about it beyond just, you know, here's the Enneagram Institute's article on five or, or things like that. Like, like, I don't think I really understand enough about it to have like a connection to it from a spiritual perspective. Okay. So I like, I don't really have an answer on that one because I, I just don't think I understand it well enough to. That's good. Do you resonate with what she said about about the suffering side of being a five? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there were definitely a lot of things in there. Like, I don't necessarily think I've, you know, been convicted of the same things. Not that I shouldn't be convicted of them, but <laughs> but but um, like, but a, a lot of that did like feel like, oh yeah, like that that makes that makes sense. Like it, and I wonder if this is a male female thing as well, because I think you goose, I, I watch your life on a day to day basis more than Emily's just cause we live in the same town, but I think you do give of yourself beyond what you want to relationally sometimes mm-hmm. to make, not necessarily to make peace, but to, because that is what the situation asks of you. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the church runs better and it furthers the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's words. It, I wonder if this is a female-male thing as well. Most five I've met are guys, and they are much quieter than I am. So uh-huh. maybe. Look at me not interrupting. Do you see I'm really working harder? I wish I you had said it. that in the first 10 minutes, because <laughs> as soon as you said that, everyone died at how much I've interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in your fiveness, but also just in your gooseness, this is a question. What do you need God to tell you on a daily basis? What's a good thing that you love to hear from him? I mean, I mean that one I had a little bit more on that because it's not tied to the number. I still don't have a, a huge amount of that. But I mean, the, the, the big things that I had written down is, you know, um, that, that my needs and desires um, are, are, are being heard um, and, you know, that it, you know, that those will be met. And like, I know, you know, like, needs are, are, are kind of assumed that like, yeah, God's going to meet your needs because mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's scriptural, right. but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, the things that I want will be met. Like my desires won't necessarily be met. Um, and, and those kind of moments of, you know, unknowing are the things that I'm like, I, I, I need you to, to, to tell me that that's going to be met or tell me that it's not going to be met mm. just, just so that I know. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, if I were to take it a step farther, it's like not only that it will be, but you know, because I want to understand things and how things work, like how is it going to be met? Like, Oh, interesting. Like, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that that's what a lot of it boils down to. And I think it goes back to like, 
you know, some of the things we're talking about when I feel the worst, it's like when I feel uninformed or unheard, you know, those are, those are things that I think connect with that. I'm like, you know, if, if what I'm saying is like, I, I feel like I want to know that I'm being heard by God and, you know, know how that actually comes back into play in my life. Wow. So the mystery of God and how he works is hard for me because it makes me feel pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it hard for you because it doesn't give you enough information? I mean, uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really have anything. I know. I'm just trying to be very cognizant no. to not interrupt you as I'm letting <laughs> you trail as to be a better friend to you, Goose. I am learning how to be a better friend to you. Um, Emily, does that feel true for you about wanting to understand God's ways? You know, I think there are a few questions about God that I'm going to wrestle with him till the day I die. I'm just going to Jacob and the angel, that thing, you know, like I am not letting go till I get an answer and I might not. Um, But I find in general, I might lean more towards it's easier to submit to authority part of my personality Uh than to wrestle with not knowing every detail. This is one of the things about the five that I don't resonate a great amount with if I don't care about something or if I'm fine with the way it is, like I'm not going to press in to find more information about it. Right. So if I just find that there's an area of my life where I trust God fully, I don't need to understand it. It's just easier not to. It's almost emotionally yeah, again, easier. It is. What's the what's the path to. of least resistance? And yeah. it is a rude awakening when I start caring about something, yeah. you know, and I have to come up with answers either for other people or for my own heart. I'm like, oh, I liked it better when I just didn't care. Mm. Once I do start caring, which in my life has always been the spirit awakening something like, hey, it's time to start caring about this. Yeah. I'm like, now I need to know about it. <laughs> right. And some of those I don't have answers to yet. But in general, I think my faith in the goodness of God has kept me from trying to chip away to all the answers of him, mm-hmm. except in a few instances mm-hmm. when I'm confronted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it seems true of all the fives that I know that that you are selective about what you want to learn because of how much you're going to end up learning. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not going to, if I don't have to care about Victorian England, I am not going to care at all. Not because at all. Because if I'm going to care, I'm going to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Goose, I want you to answer this one first. Tell me what do your people say to you that makes you feel really loved or what can they do that makes you feel really loved? Um, yeah, so so on that one, like, the, the the question that we had was what do, what do they say? Yes. Um. And, and and you just reworded it in a way that I was Annie. going to. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying like <gasps> you reworded it in a way that I was going to anyway because okay. it's not about what people say. Yeah. Really, it's, it's about what people do. Oh, like okay. like for me, it's it's like people can say all they want, but you know, un- unless it's someone that I'm really close with, like you can say whatever you want. I may or may not, you know fully believe you mm. and not, not from an untrusting perspective, but like there, there's so many different ways that people say things that aren't like 100% the truth. And, and a lot of times it's, you know, they're, they're doing it out of a good heart, trying to make you feel better or whatever. And I'm just like, I just need to know what the, the truth of it is. So, so what people say doesn't necessarily carry nearly as much weight for me as what people do. You know, it's okay. like when, when I, when I, you know, think about like my close friends, like the things that, they or actually even not close friends do it's like you know just you know being inclusive like like showing that you know like hey let's let's 
go do something. Let's hang out. Let's, let's be together. You know, let's just, let's be around each other, like being included, um, being with people, um, to show that they actually want to be around you, like that your presence is valuable to them. Um, you know, people being responsive to you. Um, I like that you're saying you and not me. Well, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm talking in third person, but I guess I'm talking in the second person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, people being responsive and, and seeking out that, that interaction, you know, it's like, because people can say how, you know, how much they, you know, appreciate you and, and, and like being around you or whatever. But if they don't ever do anything that shows that, like, it's like, it's just words. Like, mm. so like when I think about like the people that I'm, I'm closest with, I'm like, the things are like, and I'm kind of instinctively looking in the direction that they're probably at right now. Yeah. Um, but like just being with people cause it, it shows that, you know, they're not just, it's not just lip service. They're, they're actually like, no, I want to be around you. I, I value your presence. So I'm going to be around you and, and we're going to, you know, be together and, you know, experience these different things in life together. Yeah. Which is really true of how you love your friends too. Cause like in the movie theater, you're the one who's making sure everybody is there cause you want everyone to feel included. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that sometimes in, you know, past life I was a sheep dog and, you know, looking around for, okay, this person, that person, because like, especially when we've done like, you know, work trips or whatever in large groups, it's like, like, I feel like I'm always the person who's having to like, all right, make sure. All right. We, all right. We have everybody. Okay. So we're good now. Yeah. So just to be clear, we don't believe in past lives, goose, but, <laughs> but in a past life, you were a sheep dog. Yeah. Now you're a goose. Yeah. That's adorable. All, <laughs> all the animals. Emily, what about you? What do, what can people say or do that makes you feel really loved? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I do not care what people say. And I mean, I, you know, the love languages, maybe all fives were like words of affirmation are on the lowest. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really care what people say to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Phil, who is highest words of affirmation. Yes. So he will say he loves me eight times a day. I know, sob story. But I'll be like, can you just do the dishes? You know, like <laughs> I, that shows me love. And he's picked up on stuff right, like right, that. Right. But, um, but on the flip side, he's always like, oh, you never say you love me. I'm like, babe. I, I do so much for you. Like, look at what right. I do. And so there is that. But yeah, people saying things to me don't matter. People doing things for me. The thing that people can do for me that show me they love me is doing something be- for my sake and not because they want to have a better relationship with me or get to know me mm. better or be around me more or yeah. just, are you going to do something for me because you love me without any expectation mm. in return? And that I find is kind of rare. Like, are you going to watch my kids because you love me or better yet? Cause you love my kids, not because we're in a pastoral relationship and I'm mentoring, you know, can you, do you just love me? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I know it's silly. I'm 37 and my friend gave me a ticket book for Christmas uh-huh. because I love home decorating and interior design and I'll find things on Craigslist and I want to buy it, but I won't have a truck and feels like I don't help you with stuff like that. Right. And so my friend Michael gave me a ticket book for seven furniture pickups anytime I want with oh him and his gosh. truck. It it was my favorite gift at 37 yeah. for Christmas. And I have used it. I've been like, Michael, found this dresser <laughs> for 40 bucks and right. he will leave work with his oh truck and come and like that kind of thing, like he doesn't expect mm. it. And it was a gift. And so my, one of my favorite birthday parties 
was I invited all my friends over and I said, you could bring me a coffee or flowers because I love fresh flowers yeah. and we're going to clean my house. People were take, cleaning out our junk drawer in my closet. Someone painted a bedroom. Someone painted a bed because I was getting ready. I was like nesting yeah. for Ariel to be born. And it it was my, and I was a, like, they were all doing things. No one yes. needed me. Yes. I didn't have to talk to anyone. I could just see things getting done. I was spending their energy for yes. me. Yes. That kind I mean, of it what just it boils comes down, down to. to energy for y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time of, of, I love people by giving them my energy. I feel depleted when other people require energy mm-hmm. of me. So I am constantly thinking about that. Yeah. Outwardly or inwardly. Y'all. Well, you did it through some things. I know. Wow. Okay, so how's everyone feel? I feel. Did I? Are you going to need like an hour and a half by yourself after this? I have a fifteen-minute drive, so hopefully that's that's good enough. That's all you get. Goose, are you going to go home? No. Okay. Good. (laughs) Leave early for the day. Yeah. Well, for starters, we do have a gift for you. Richard Goff gave everybody a copy of the Enya game. So, Goose, you can just play the Idiot game and um, take it with you. And so everybody gets a copy of the Idiot game. It's a fun little gift for being on the show. That will never replenish for you what you've given me. I understand (laughs) that more than any other number, the two of you literally sacrificed for the show. And I am am deeply grateful because I... I fives. I want the fives in my life, particularly the two of you, because you are two of my fives I love the most. I want you to feel seen, and I want you to feel heard, and I want you to feel represented here, particularly. So I'm really grateful that y'all did that for me, and I can't thank you enough. And and for all the fives listening, y'all are just such a gift, and you telling the truth for of what you've experienced has been a real gift. Can so, I do a little you. PSA for fives out there? I mean, I yes. feel like we could do a lot of PSAs, but yes. I'm thinking about it because of our interaction last week. Like, if I get a text that doesn't require a response, I'm not going to give a response. And that doesn't mean I didn't see it or yes. I don't <laughs> love you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I just gave her a hard time. I, like, sent her a, te- a, a gif of how I missed her. And she said nothing. And then we were in a group text with her and her husband. I was like, Emily, I told you I missed you a lot yesterday. And I said, I received it and I felt loved. (laughs) I love it. Okay, last question that you both get to answer. Okay. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Emily, what sounds fun to you? Okay. At any given moment, being alone on a beach sounds fun. Because here's the thing. I am getting tan, so I'm being productive, mm-hmm. using my not energy, the sun's energy. Right, is filling you're taking the sun's energy. Either, you know, just reading or whatever. But I do I do get bored, you know, if I'm alone too much. So maybe after two days of that, a cruise ship pulls in, okay. picks me up, and all my friends are on it. Okay. So therefore, I can be in my room alone if I want. I was about to say, but you have your own cabin. I can eat with them uh-huh. if I want. I can walk around if I want. I think a cruise ship is actually perfect for me because – and then it drops you off at places and you can go on an adventure with your seven husband. Yeah, it's like there you go. win, win, win. Okay. So a a private island picked up by a cruise ship with all my friends on it. Can we make that? Is that a thing? Yeah, that happen? I mean, we always, the, the secret behind, the secret sauce behind the show is we always do try to do a little something for the people that is the fun thing. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I'll start calling, yep. Jenna will start calling Carnival Cruises. This is to Jenna. Detective Jenna, who sol- solves everything. Send me a little can of sand. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Treasure it. Goose, tell me what you do for fun. Well, I mean, honestly, that, that's a lot better answer than I was going to have. Stop, um, Goose. You have no, great no, no, answers. No, no, no. I'm saying I really like that answer, so I want to I take that answer. <laughs> I would invite except, you on the friend cruise ship. Except oh. I, I don't I, – I want oh, your answer, no. but I don't want the, the husband who's a seven. Okay. So <laughs> I, I don't want that part. That would be – 
different story. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna steal yours in addition to, to my stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, for me, just you know, hanging out with good friends, having like dinner on a porch on a nice night because mm-hmm. it's the weather's gotten where it's not quite too hot yet, especially it's in the so evenings or whatever. Great, so yeah. like something like that, or or just like a game night with friends, um, or maybe just being out on the lake. Although cruise ship sounds better than the lake, honestly. Yeah, so. No. <laughs> Well done. Thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm oh, so grateful. Amy. It was so fun to be here. Was I it? had fun. Goose? Yeah. <laughs> he is smiling at is minimum. Smiling. Right, right, right. Theater of the Minds. Goose did smile when he went. <laughs> you guys, I'm so glad Goose told me that I shouldn't be an interrupter anymore. <laughs> I'm going to be so careful with him, particularly with my five friends. I am just so thankful for both he and Emily sitting down with me and having this conversation today where we could really learn um, behind the heart of an Enneagram type that is more quiet and more reserved than some of the others. And so I'm just really grateful. I am thankful that we have fives on the planet because what you fives do for us is learn and figure out and research things down so that we know what you say is true and good and right. And you've come to that decision with a lot of thought. And so I learned a lot as a seven from that. And I'm really, really thankful for my fives in my life. The ones that you heard on the show today and the ones that are not on the show. I'm just really thankful. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in favorite, because today the fives are my favorite. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Hey, and just in case you missed it, we had an episode released yesterday, a surprise drop episode with our friend Kevin Madsen from Hey Dad. And make sure, don't forget, there is a coupon code to sign up for Hey Dad and get the boxes. If you're looking for a Father's Day gift, Hey, dad is the right one. So make sure you go back and listen to that show yesterday. Check out the show notes and make sure you get that coupon code and go ahead and order that for your family this weekend. All right. Well, after a long conversation with fives, I know what they're going to go do for fun, which is not be with me and not be with people. I'm going to go out and do something that sounds fun. I hope you will do the same. And we will see you back here on Monday with our Enneagram Sixes. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. I am thankful for you. <laughs>